Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast, where we chat with some of our pals and friends. I'm your host, I'm here today at Brunt's Cafe, so you may hear a little breakfasty background noise, but hopefully we'll take away with your enjoyment of our podcast. Today we're chatting with a story editor and writer on NCS New Orleans. She's also a graduate of the CBS Writers Mentoring Program and a winner of the Humanitas New Voices Award. I'm happy to have you back on the show with great Greta Heinemann. Thanks for coming back on, Greta. Thanks for having me. Um, so the last time you were on the show, you were in the middle of your first season mm-hmm. on NCIS New Orleans. Uh, and you were a staff writer, and now that you're in your second season on the show, what sort of can you look back on, on your first staff writer job and sort of take away from that experience? Oh, God. Uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, well, I, I think what what's interesting now, looking back, is that... that I feel like I've gotten a little calmer just by virtue of having been on the rodeo once, and uh, and so I, I sometimes I ask like I, I try to figure out if there's things that I could have done better then or that I could have been calmer about or that I could have approached differently. But the truth is like you just kind of need to go through the whole process once and 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 learn it and just almost drive yourself nuts over it so that you can get a little calmer afterwards so um i don't know if you want like do you want like specific yeah advice uh yeah. god um i think the one thing that i've learned is this scripts always get written so um <laughs> whereas last season i would have like forced myself to stay and write until three in the morning and then get up at five in the morning and write some more now i'm a little more conscious of it and i have also gotten maybe a little bit more protective of my my recreational time, which is really important because otherwise you burn out. Um, so now I know that, oh, if I don't work until 3 in the morning, I can still get up at 5 in the morning and get the script done. So so that's that's a big experience, like a big and helpful lesson to learn. Um, uh, taking notes, and I still do that, like just once you write something before you give it to the showrunner and the EPs, like just work your way up from the lower levels to the mid levels to the upper levels to get notes from them before you get it, so you have vetted material. Um, that was a big learning experience that was helpful. Um, there's a lot I could say about being on set and producing, but I don't know if, if that's super helpful. Um, um, well, it's part of the writing right. process, so absolutely. Just kind of like, I, so my experience, and, and this is actually really interesting, I don't think any, there's no program or anything that prepares young writers really to, to produce on set. And I know the Writers Guild has like a, a very brief little talk about it, and I, I actually went to it, but learning the mechanics of the set and figuring out your place and figuring out your job when they send you there as a producer is, is pretty tricky and, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's difficult waters to navigate because it's just such a ginormous enterprise of creative people and you want to make sure that everybody has the best way of working. So simple things like when you're on set, just make sure you're there while they read the words and while they rehearse and don't give notes to the director right then and there because he or she is probably about to address them anyways. Um, when you have notes, don't go directly talking to the actors, talk to the directors, pull them aside privately, don't do it in front of others. Um, and that's not, I, I don't see it as like a don't tip on anybody's toes, I just see it as a way, a professional courtesy to set the director up to, to help them do their best job. Um, don't forget to the, that you're still working for the showrunners 
So whatever you say, you present as a unity. Uh, you try to carry on the showrunner's vision out there. Um, and then also sometimes it's time to stand your ground and you need to pick those battles wisely, especially as a young writer. And I, I would say maybe even as a young female writer, you have a, a hard stand out there. And, and you need to be just smart about when to step up and when to fight for something. And ideally, you only do that for stuff that, that your showrunners really stand behind as well. Right, right. Yeah. Um, are there any specific moments or memories during your first season that stand out that you will sort of carry with you as, oh, this is my, this happened in my first season and you'll um, remember that? Oi. There was one moment that definitely stood out and it goes back to what I just said about working with, with, uh, uh, working with um, directors. I had a moment where I was thrown into a little unfortunate situation on set. And, and the director was very frustrated with me as the representative, although I had nothing to do with it. And, uh, and it, it, was a, it was a tense situation, and, uh, and I just forced myself to remain very calm and very professional and, um, and just try to figure out how I can broker between getting, giving the director the best chance at success and, and still caring what my showrunners uh, want. And, and I think I... I bridged that ga gap in that moment successfully, and the director and I have become very close since and, and worked really well together. So that was definitely one of those moments that that I probably will never forget. Um, well, that's always great, too, when you have a conflict with somebody, mm -hmm. and instead of just lashing out, which is what causes oh, a lot of strife, yes. you remain calm you and don't. are able to bring it down. They remember that, and you yes. build that sort of trust, because they know they can be themselves yes. and still you respect each other enough to, right. to act in that way. They build this level of, of oh, yeah. affection and trust for you. I think there's like two really important rules, whether it is in the room or on set, or really maybe even in life. life right. Like, don't react, respond. So whatever's not on your way, just take a moment and then figure it out. And I think that goes back to what I said at the beginning. Like now if somebody says, hey, can I get this script tomorrow morning and you haven't started, like, Instead of freaking out and going in crazy mode, I'll just take a moment and figure out how to do it, which right. is more uh, a response. Uh, and the other rule is there's no crying in baseball, um, right. which uh, is important if you are um, on set or in a professional setting. There's just don't whine, don't cry. Just, you know, if you have to, take a walk alone, step out. Right. <laughs> it's fine. Right, right, right. Um, but, but I think that's important to just be professional. Yeah. Um. Now, you're working on your second season mm -hmm. um, How has the experience or at least your workflow, your responsibilities, how has that changed from being a staff writer to a story editor? It's, that's really hard to pinpoint because we've, we've had a lot of changes right. and, and, and we have different show, a different showrunner or different showrunners now. Um, so, so I can't compare it one-on-one. -on -one. And I don't know if it is just the style of, of um, the new regime or if it is me getting a little bit more comfortable with the, the workload, but it feels like I have, I've gotten a little more time back, I've gotten a little calmer, it's more manageable. Um, we also moved our offices, which cut my commute in half, which is great. Right, right. Um, but in general, I feel like this season has been, um, it has been less of a whirlwind. So you can make of that what you want. Right. Well, the sports metaphor, I think, is the game has slowed down. 
meaning you see the game better. Even though on the field, like if you were to time all the players, they're exactly the same, but because you've been in it and yeah. you know where to spend your energy instead of like having it on all the time, yes. the game sort of slows down for you. So yeah, that's kind of cool. That's that's pretty smart because now we're we're breaking episode thirteen right now, and this year I know that there's still many more to go until we have twenty four. Right. And last year, I would have probably already just kept sprinting and, and ruined myself by the end of the season. Well, it's also interesting how <clears throat> you're one of the few writers I know who actually works on a show that shoots 24. Yeah. You know, most of them shoot 10, 13, whatever. I know, nowadays. it's like a dying breed. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it's, it's a marathon. It's all year long fun. Yeah. We had a we had a three-week hiatus this year. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. What did you do for your three weeks at least? I uh, slept and read and uh, wrote some stuff that didn't have to do with the show and then the time was up. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what's your favorite part of shooting in New Orleans and did you bring me back any beignets from <laughs> Cafe du Monde? Uh, see, don't tell anybody, but I'm actually, <laughs> I'm just saying it on a podcast. I'm not a big fan of beignets. And, and, I'm, and I don't do seafood, so New Orleans is sort of a waste on me. <laughs> but um, um, what I love about New Orleans is the crew and the, the, the family that, that we have down there. Um, there are some incredibly talented people working down there and running the sets down there. And, and our cast is, is, is very kind and very professional, so I, I really love working with them. And I look forward to going down there. Um, and it feels like you're kind of an extension of yourself, in a sense. Like, you write the script, but then actually being a part of shooting it. So, so that's exciting. And then, I mean, New Orleans is, is so interesting visually. And we have, like, the most insane locations all the time, which I love seeing. Um, I just got back two weeks ago, and uh, I spent a whole night from 7 p.m. until 7 a.m. at a junkyard beaten, uh, like, uh, being eaten alive by bugs. Um, so it's a normal Saturday night. That, that's right. <laughs> but it's just like these locations just look very, very cool. Right. And, and our art department is, is just fascinating me because you come into a place and, like, we shot a scene after an explosion and so the, there was a, a shop and the building was burnt down and whatnot and you, you come onto the set and you don't know if it's real or not it never stops to amaze me so those are the fun things that I look forward to and just being away from my computer and my desk for 14 days or so right well a friend of mine uh, we were in, in New Orleans and he said something that I didn't ever even thought of because we've when I used to work in marketing, we traveled across the country. Mm -hmm. so we've seen a lot of cities, and a lot of them, especially in the Midwest and stuff, they look similar. Mm -hmm. But something about New Orleans is very unique in this yes. country. It feels like, and he said, it feels like you're in a third world tropical country sometimes, you know, because the architecture is yes. like it's French colonial architecture, yes. and they have a different cuisine, and there's different accents there, and mm -hmm. it feels like you're on a tropical island almost. It does. It, it's, it's definitely, it doesn't feel like you're in the U.S. I, yes, I, I would agree. Um, it's funny to me because being from Europe, it, it has like these little small little alleys and the cobblestone and this and that and the other thing and, 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 and that's fun. But then to me it's always sort of a twilight zone because it feels like Europe. But then there's this, the, the Cajun culture and, and, and the music and the food and you're like, oh yeah, this is the Caribbean. So right, right. it's fun, yeah. Um. What are some of the most interesting things you've learned about criminal investigation working on NCIS New Orleans? Oh, wow. Um, 
investigations. Well, I've so by nature I've familiarized myself much more with um, with the Navy culture and and just the way the Navy works and the jobs within the Navy. And I also I would say that throughout that I've gotten a, just a a whole different and new and greater respect for for servicemen and women. And I actually, and this has been interesting. I, I was just a, a, on a panel with the Writers Guild a week ago about veteran, the Veterans Writers Project. So that's been interesting to just kind of dive into this world and 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 learn a little bit more about that and vets and, and service people. So that's interesting. It has nothing to do with crime investigation, but but with our show. No, no, it's very cool. Um, the other thing is, oh God, all the things I Google like. How to make bombs and I'm on the watch list, which yeah, is great if you're going through being audited as a citizen. So right, right. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, oh, yeah, because you just became a citizen a few weeks. Yeah, ago. yeah. So it's it, it thank you, thank you. It had me a little nervous the fact that I had to Google how to blow right. up and so like if I wanted to do an explosion the size of this Oklahoma, right. how would I do it? Right. And so so that there's a lot of interesting stuff like that. Um, what else? What else have I? You're just sure to shout in your living room a lot. I am a TV writer. Oh yeah. I am a writer of television. <laughs> I usually like whenever I have a Google search that is terrorism related, right. I'll have a Google search that's TV writing. Right. Right. And then uh, hopefully that'll make itself up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I mean those. I think those are probably the most interesting things. And also like what what's been interesting to me, and I always do that. Whatever I write, I try to get a very specific feel for the location. So I've just familiarized myself with uh, New Orleans a lot more. And uh, the last time I went there, in the last season, a friend of mine who actually grew up there went at the same time. So I got to hang out with a local who's also a very close friend of mine. She took me to a couple of bars and stuff. And, and that's been interesting. Did you go to Lafitte's down in the quarter? Uh, yes, I, I've been there. But, that's, uh, that's like a cop bar, right? And it's, 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 from what I understand, it's like been there since like old pirate yes, times. Yes. Like Blackbeard went there and ran in this. It's, it's like a, super, a pirate bar kind of thing. Yeah. But I, I generally like, just my taste is like the seedy places, <laughs> not the touristy places. Right, right. So like I'll go like somewhere deep off the levee, somewhere in a fisher village and have like a coarse light for a dollar and talk to women who are 60 years old and stuff like that. That's exciting to me. Where they're drinking at like 12 noon and stuff like that. Or like at 9. <laughs> at 9 in the morning. When I get there, there to drink. The yeah. I got you. Um, better Scott Bakula show, Star Trek Enterprise or Quantum Leap? You know, that's really hard because I grew it's up... It's not that hard. Well, it is because where I grew up, they never actually aired Quantum Leap. Oh, okay. So, so the histor- history would be Enterprise. Um, okay. But uh, it's hard to say. Scott is a, is a very, very uh, amazing actor, and he's done a lot of very cool things. I hear great things about Quantum Leap. Great show. But I never got into it. Great show. <laughs> it might also have to do with the fact that they shot it before I was born. <laughs> right. But you can tell, I mean, it's probably on Hulu or something. <coughs> oh, I've seen some. I've, I've seen yeah. some of it, yeah. Um, so what was the first thing you did when you were sworn in as a U.S. citizen or whatever, when official ceremony goes? <clears throat> Funny you should ask. Um, I actually uh, was summoned to go and be sworn in right in the middle of my shoot. So what I did was I, on Wednesday night, I flew from New Orleans to L.A. to be there on Thursday to be sworn in. 
And then on Friday at 6 a.m., I flew back to New Orleans to shoot an all-nighter. So there was not a big celebration. I had literally two Coors Light at a bar with my friends and, and, and chosen family, and then I went back on a plane to shoot my episode. But see, that's a story when I said, what do you t what's, what's a memory you have of your first season? Although, I guess it was your second season. Second season, yeah. Well, that'll be the memory of the second season. Mm -hmm. um, I started filming an episode. I was German. I finished the episode. I was an American. That's true. Yeah, and that's and what also stood out was it was the all-nighter at the junkyard that I just mentioned. And I walked on set. And a group of the crew started singing the Star Spangled Banner nice. in the middle of the junkyard with the mosquitoes. And the only thing that was missing was, like, some beer cans and some some barbecue to make me feel real American. Right, right. And shotguns going off. Hey. 21 gun salute. Oh, yeah. I wanted to go to the gun range with our technical advisor after that, but it, we never made it work, so okay. we'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> um, what's one thing you love about America besides working in television? Um, well, I, I think one of the greatest qualities of America is that it's very inclusive. And, um, and I've seen this literally when I arrived here. I, within two weeks, found, met some of the most amazing people who are now my closest friends, and they're very accepting. And I think it's, it, I mean, it is to a big part Los Angeles as well. I know it isn't like that everywhere in the country, but from my experience of America, people here are very accepting, and, uh, and, and those are obviously the people I choose to surround myself with. I know not everybody is like that, and I'm very blessed for, uh, for that. But it's diversity and, and uh, the different influences and the acceptance, and I think that's probably one of the best qualities of this country. Um, what's one thing you miss the most about Germany besides the auto <laughs> mm, That's a really good question. Um, good pretzels. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That's how, my... how are German pretzels different than Oh, American? God. You just have to have them. Yeah. I mean, you can go... There's a there's one bakery, uh, it's called Reckon Wagner, that they have here in L.A., and that gets close to good pretzels. But you just have to have a German pretzel to know. What is it? it they're, they're not as dense. They're okay. a little fluffier. Okay. And there's like this weird thing, and, I, I, and when I say it, everybody's going to think I'm stupid, but... Germans dip the pretzels in like a lye solution for just, and I know it's sort of poisonous, but Wait, yes, it's, and, but it, like you take to, to bake it or to eat it? I think, no, to bake it. Oh. So like, it, I think it's like covered to like make the dough rise better and bake, I don't know. But it just tastes very different and much better. <laughs> Well, I'm going in November, so I'll bring you some. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I'm definitely very curious about that now. Um, I wanted to talk to you. If you could have one jazz legend do a cameo in the NCIS Mall, who would it be? Oh, wow. Um... Well, we have had we we had Dr. John many many times, oh. and many I, many times is maybe a little exaggerated, but we had him. Uh, although that's not necessarily a jazz legend. Um, uh, Trombone Shorty would be cool. Um, we we talked about trying to get him on the show, and and I googled him for the first time. And the irony of this is, I I didn't know of him, and uh, and I googled his name, and the first video that came up was a performance of his in Burkhausen in Germany which is my hometown of 20,000 people yeah. so it was very surreal but yeah that would be cool so I, I can see the CIA now this terrorist really loves television and apparently likes <laughs> jazz, jazz music, music. <laughs> how yeah. strange 
Um, I wanted to ask you about coming over from Berkeley because we have a lot of uh, writers mm -hmm. who are interested in working in TV but aren't in LA. Mm -hmm. And the general consensus is, as a feature writer, you can sort of get discovered outside of LA, yeah. but in TV, you really have no shot unless you're here. Yeah. But you're one of those that came over, not just from a different state, mm -hmm. but from another country. Yeah. What was sort of that experience? Do you have anything that you could talk about in terms of that experience? Because again, people say, oh, I can't you know, move to LA, I live in Kansas right. City. You came from Germany. Yeah. Um, this might not be popular, but but if, if you're not willing to move across the world for this, um, then you might not be ready for the job because it, it's just a, it's just one of many 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 things that you feel are impossible that you will have to do to get a job in this business. Um, so I I think of it and it's it's interesting because there's this weird math that apparently like l less writers work in television than there's professional NFL players, and if you were this really really talented. NFL player or a football player uh, in Germany and they would say you're so talented you should really go and, and play in America you would go right um, it, it's it's just something in our heads that we're like kind of we're doubting the career we're doubting like oh can you make it in this business and that's why we're not willing to actually relocate for it so I think that's like a, a fundamental question I remember um, when I was in, in Austria at the time where I was studying, I sent over 230 applications to get an internship in the United wow. States. And out of the 230 applications, um, I got three responses back. Two of them were a no. <laughs> and one was a maybe, and that was from the knitting channel. And Wait, there's a knitting channel? <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> okay. Um, and so while I was trying to figure out how to work for the knitting channel, uh, they sort of ended up flaking out. And, and, I, and I was like, fuck, what am I going to do now? And so I had to get creative and then found a different production company. And, 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 I, and at that point, I was like, I'm going to go whether I have an internship or not, just to be there for three months and figure it out. So you just kind of need to take the leap and need to do it. And you need to be smart about it, too. You can't just be like ditzy and come here and assume that somebody's going to pay your rent. That's not going to work out. Right. Um, I, I worked really hard to save up big chunk of money um, to get here and live off of it for a little while and when I was here I instantly started taking really odd jobs left and right um, to to keep the cash flow coming and it took me it took me a year to get a job that could keep me here permanently and it wasn't a job in the industry in, 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 in the writing industry it was in the entertainment industry and then it took me another five years to get my job, I think five years or six years. So it takes a, it takes a long time and it takes a lot of commitment and it's it's strenuous and it's hard and it's really nerve wracking and especially the immigration for me has been maybe the biggest personal challenge in my personal life and just the, the pressure that comes with it and living under the fear that you could be deported at any time. Right. Um, but it's worth it. So. You get more and more interesting every time I talk to you. The knitting channel. I, that is yes. It. Well, I guess. But I never worked there. If I would have had. It doesn't. <laughs> I, 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 I don't can, even know how. I, I can tell words. you stories. <laughs> I don't have. Well, plus, the, the fact that the knitting channel exists is sort of surprising, but I guess I can 
sort of understand. I mean, at Cat Fancy Magazine, okay, I get it. Right. The fact that in Germany you found the Knitting Channel in the U.S. sent them yeah. an application to be an intern. Yeah. That, to me, is... Okay. Anyway. It, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So... Uh, I'm still on the knitting channel. channel. Yeah, yeah, that's. Oh, I do have to say, and I just this is more for the audience than for, for your consumption, uh -huh. that I get query letters all the time. Yeah. I'm not an agent. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not an executive. I'm not a producer. I'm not interested in reading material or signing clients. But talking about like coming from another country, mm -hmm. I've gotten uh, a lot from other people from other countries. One in particular that stands out, and this is what you should not do, and if, if you're listening, I apologize, but this is, it's, it's crazy, that somebody had sent me an email mm -hmm. saying who they were, they were from Africa, a country in Africa, I don't remember which one, Nigeria maybe, and saying I, they wanted to work in television in, in the States, mm -hmm. they'd written a bunch of scripts, um, didn't send me long lines, which is fine, I don't want to read them, but that's what you should be sending, that's the primary thing you should be sending in your query. Um, and just saying, um, but I need to come to the U.S., so here is the name of, of the embassy in my country, the U.S. embassy. Please write them a letter on your letterhead mm -hmm. stating that you want me to come work for you, and please write your embassy right. so that I can get transportation documents. I will pay for my own transportation, right. but you know, I need to come to your country. I need transportation. You need to contact my embassy, your embassy yeah. in my country, so that I can come. Your, this is... Pretty presumptuous, but also that's not really the way it works. I don't think I can just write you a letter, nor would I, obviously, but to just come to this country to be a TV writer. It just well, it's look, it's it's pretty desperate, um, yeah. and 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 that's the sad reality of this. Is it is it is a pretty desperate uh, uh, outlook for some. Sure. I was lucky enough that I could work and finance a flight to America, if only for three months, to get a lay of the land and then make friends and then figure it out from from there. But a lot of people, unfortunately, don't have that um, that uh, opportunity, and it might two big points come down to money sure. uh, or travel. Oh, he was willing to finance his own trip, right? Which so is interesting. That like, issue. in that case, you need to just fly out here for as a tourist and meet people and have coffee and then you can ask more but there's also um, trying to be constructive in this situation because sure, I yeah, know it, it's, it's very hard for a lot of uh, young people uh, and you don't know how anything works and also there's a social code to the American entertainment industry that you don't know and I it took me a long time to learn I'm still learning it um, just how to behave and, uh, and and that's hard and you don't learn that until you're here so, so if, if you're looking to get over here there's other opportunities maybe there's a, a scholarship that you can apply to I know like the the Fulbright and, and and those do a lot I know a lot of them are only for US citizens but I imagine there is some uh, international ones I know for example my my older sister who doesn't work in this industry she's uh, applying for for a library kind of fellowship to just study in the library at UCLA Oh. And that puts you in the place here, and and then you go from there. I yeah, think really a student, be a great way. If you yes, could. and I, I remember like I tried. I mean the knitting channel. I tried to get a job sure. lined up before I got here, which is an uphill battle and impossible. And so really the the smarter way is come here, stay for ninety days, which you can do on a tourist visa if you financially can swing it in any way. And in these ninety days, sign up for workshops. 
go to mixers, Google stuff, meet people, and, and go from there. Because really, as much as everybody always says it, it is a people's business. And, and the first job that I got actually came out of my wife talking to a friend of ours who was the vice president of an entertainment company whose wife was from Australia and who figured the whole immigration right. process out and, and she was kind enough to, to let me interview and, and eventually sponsor me. Right. Which, again, goes back to intelligence, in Paris, but even in teachers. It, it's, it's not impossible to get discovered or make it from outside of Los Angeles, but there's so many more opportunities and the networking, it is a people business. It's, right. it's, it is what you know, but it's also yeah. what you know. Also, on an additional note, yeah, yeah. especially if you want to be a writer in America, right. coming to America, like you write scripts, which is great. I wrote scripts in English when I was still in Germany, and I'm sure they're horrendous and terrible. Come to America and learn the language, and then you're going to write more scripts, because if you send your scripts to, it, let's say somebody is kind enough to respond to the query, right. and a manager reads the script and is like, well, this person barely speaks English, well, then your career is over. Right. So, so that's just a practical reason to be here first. Absolutely. Um, and I know that, again, I don't read a lot of queries, although I get them, mm -hmm. um, and I don't request anything because I don't have any reason, you know, I don't have any need for, right. for script for clients, but... I know that when I get them and they're in broken English, the query mm -hmm. emails, I, I, I don't, I don't have high hopes yeah. that their script is written in, in really good English, and it has to be. This is not a training program out here. It's not summer camp. It's not. Oh, you have a great idea in theory somewhere in there. No, they want writers, at a professional level, because you're competing with writers who have been working for a long period of time that have been honing their craft, that are really good at what they do, that come from all different walks of life. Mm -hmm. I mean, tons of playwrights and, you know, oh, yeah. uh, novelists, comic I mean, writers who have written a lot of work in our language, in, you know, in English, that you're competing against. Yep. And, you know, it's not the uh, idea, I'm not, this is not my quote, but it's not the idea of execution. Yeah. So. And to that point, too, I mean, you can be in your home country and you can make shorts and, and submit them to international film festivals. Right. And Absolutely. then you then you have a reason to come to the film festival and then right. you're in America and you meet people. There's a there's a lot of different ways. It's just you just there's this Roosevelt. I think it's a Roosevelt quote that I've quoted in the last three days, three times, which is funny, but I'm going to say it again. Like he said, it takes a lot of uh, luck to be successful. However, what I've come to learn is the more the harder I work, the more luck I have. Right. And and that's really true. Like you just need to work hard and ex exhaust all your options, and it will fall into place. Yeah. And there's another quote. I, I can't remember who. Well, maybe Francis Bacon or somebody who said, uh, um, "The wise man will make uh, more opportunities than he finds." Mm -hmm, yeah. You know? That's true. Um, back in the era when it was a man <laughs> instead of a he or she. <laughs> he or uh, she. Right. <laughs> Um, what's your most Hollywood moment so far? Uh, oh, uh, that's hard. Yeah. It battles a little bit. There was a I was in I was on, in the Hollywood Reporter with a picture after I won the UCLA competition, and because I'd won in, in two categories, I was in it twice. So that was definitely like I went to the newsstand and bought a bunch of them. Uh, was it the same picture twice, or did it? <laughs> I only have one picture that that, that I'm okay with. Um, so so that was definitely one. The other one was uh, when I won the Humanita 
Humanitasny Voices um, initiative, and I there was a big banquet room, and it was a big award ceremony, and John Ridley had gotten an award before me, and like all these really, yeah, you know, like just all these really fancy people, and Glenn Mazzara was like a presenter who I love, and then there's Hart Hansen on stage ripping jokes, and he calls me up to give me a a, a big big check. And then, um, Actually, well, that's right. You get a check for that. I, I got a, a very nice check. That it's not even just a little plaque and a handshake. No, it fed me for a year, yeah. and uh, so that was a that was like a big moment. And then what that, else? That I mean, there's some. That your first check in the industry. Hmm? Do you consider that your first check in the your first paycheck? Uh, you know what? You are 100. No, actually, the, that would have been the UCLA competition probably because oh. I got like a tiny check. Okay. But uh, it wasn't tiny, tiny. It was a good check too. Right. Um, but it was my first like, yeah, right, <laughs> fuck right. yeah, check. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, those those were probably the the big moments. And then just the other day when I was on set in New Orleans, I had written a, a live concert and a motorcycle rally into the script. And I arrive on set and it's 8 in the morning and there is a fake motorcycle rally happening with people and bikes. And there's a live band that's amazing playing that we just brought there because I wrote it. And those moments always humble me very much because it's like all of a sudden you have like this insane production because you made it up um, or somebody let you make it up so so that that was that's like the the humble Hollywood right did you Instagram it <laughs> no that would have been the, the tip the cherry on top of you it. know it's funny I I did take a video to send it to to my wife but I generally always have this policy that if you look at something and enjoy the moment you'll remember mem like you'll you'll actually remember it better than if you put it on Instagram because we're always like, like if you go to a live concert, everybody's so busy taking pictures right. and shooting videos that they don't actually enjoy the music. Right. So I am sort of like, I go old school on that. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Smart. Um, and then I wanted to ask you, uh, I know that a lot of shows, it's written in your contract, that you can't really develop mm -hmm. until your what, third season, something like that? I don't think it's third season. Second. I think it's like fourth or fifth. Fourth I don't oh, even okay. know. So until you become the showrunner, you can't tell <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, what, what do you see as some of the next steps for you uh, in terms of, you know, either after NCIS New Orleans or what would you like to do or, you know, following up the food chain uh, that's a hard question because if I've learned one thing is that you can never plan anything. Right. <laughs> so no, I mean, in terms of like, right. what do you see, and not necessarily next year season or even right. year, but like in the future, what right. do you see, you know, this path, if you could plot it out? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of working your way up and, mm -hmm. and learning the ropes year by year because that way you just get more and more prepared. So, so I definitely see some of that happening. Um, I think my, my vo voice in general is, is dark and gritty and cable-y. Um, and so... Comedy Central? Exactly. Yeah. Or like, you know, uh, Parenthood. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, so so uh, I, I, would, I could see a path going into yeah. that direction. Um, I would definitely love, and I think any, any young TV writer who doesn't say that lies, I would love to write my own show and I would love to sell my own show. Sure. And, and eventually, after 55 failed attempts, I would love to, to get a show on the air and run it, but that's just, you know, dreaming at this point. Right. you got to do the work first. Right. 
And what uh, what are some of your favorite shows right now? Uh, Narcos is, is very high up there. Uh, I'm just catching up on, on season two of The Affair. I've never seen that show. It, it's, it's generally nothing that, that, that I would say, oh yeah, Greta, like, because usually I'm like the, the Sons of Anarchies and sure. The Shields and that, but it's so incredibly well acted. And, 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 and it's, a, it's a really, really heartfelt exploration of the human condition, if you want to call it that. And the performances are just so heartbreaking at points. It's really, it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting. And especially um, from the first season to the second season, the focus shifts. And, and it's just very, very interesting character study. Um, what else am I watching? Oh, The Man in the High Castle. Okay. That was probably my my. Either Narcos or Man in the High Castle, those were my two big favorites last year. Um, and what else? Am I forgetting something? No. Um, the thing is, when you work on a show that does twenty-four episodes a year, you don't really watch a lot of TV. You're like, you do it. I want to. I want to check out Westworld. It's on my list. I haven't seen it yet either. And yeah. Oh, an Animal Kingdom I watched, and I really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, I actually I read the Animal Kingdom pilot when it first came out, and I thought the first page was one of the most disturbing and 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 attention grabbing pages for me personally, just because it was it hit very close to home, um, and so I, I got into that show and, and enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. What else? I watched the pilot for Designated Survivor. Oh, yeah. I, I liked it. You good? But good. I haven't seen, I, I haven't gone back to it. You know, I usually like to let it pile up a little bit before right. I watch, just so I can kind of get the, the feel. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about Westworld. I'll yeah, wait until thing. it's all out. Oh, and I watched The Night Off, which was great. Oh, like, okay. Just yeah, a little yeah. uh, one, one eight-episode show. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like the light See, and funny like, stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say you do like that lighthearted. All the time, yeah, all the time, yeah. just funny. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, I know you're headed to the writers' room after this. That's correct. Um, I guess my, my final question would be: Do you have any specific sort of now again this being I don't know, your third time on the podcast, maybe something like that? Um, plus. Plus, no, I think you. Really? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I believe you. Yeah. You know it better than I do. But uh, also, if you um, are thinking about applying to fellowships, Greta has a couple great articles on oh, yeah. the website that you should check out. Yes. Um, so, but that's. And if you get into the interviews, feel free to email me. I actually had. Um, this year, I talked to one, two, three, four people who got into the interview rounds, wow. and they all got in to oh, the wow. program. So, super exciting. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, but what's, we always ask, um, especially now that you're further along the path, um, specific advice for young writers, new writers. Um, I, who want to be the next great Greta. Oh, God, don't, don't do that. Great, That's a good one. advice. <laughs> yeah, the great one, um, your new nickname is. Oh, I sign my emails with great a lot because if you type really fast and you want to I write Greta... Every, every yeah. time I email you, it's like, great. great. Yeah, so, I, I just started to leave it now. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's hey, great. great. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, no, but I always um, catch it, so I'm always <laughs> just adding Greta onto it after. That's funny. Um, advice, advice. I mean, I think it, it sort of sums up a lot that we talked about, even in terms 
terms of like getting to LA and all that. It, it don't assume that anybody is going to do the work for you. It doesn't matter if you get the script in front of an agent; they will not make you. Like you have to do it. They get 10% of your career. You have to be in charge of the other 90, and and you have to create 90 times more opportunities than they do. And um, so that's that's a big deal. Um, the other big deal is don't send material out before it's ready. Yes. Um, and and when you work on material, and this might sound stupid to some, but some might have to hear it. Like take notes, and if you hear the same note from more than two people, address it. Like I know we have like we tend to be precious about stuff because it was so hard to get it on the page. But if it doesn't work, it's gonna go. Right. And and to me actually like. It's one, one of my favorite things is actually editing scripts. You're crazy. Uh, I know, but it's it's like it's like writing the script to me feels like you're binge eating over the holidays, right. and then editing. It's the fun part. It, it is right. fun while it lasts, but right. then editing is you're working really hard and you're working out and you're losing all these pounds, which ultimately makes you feel better. Right. So so uh, I'm a big fan of that, and 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 don't forget about that part, and do take notes, and get good friends, and connect with good writers, um, like writers' friends, whether it is through UCLA Extensions, Script Anatomy, like all these classes that are around town, there are some very good ones, and you'll meet people who will remain your friends for the years to come, who you can call up and get notes when you're desperate. Um, or drinks when you're desperate. Right, absolutely. <laughs> Even better, right? right? Um, well, thank you for sharing all of your knowledge. Anytime. Um, Greta's on Twitter, at Greta Heineman. We have, we'll have a yeah. link on the site, at Greta Heineman. Be sure to follow her. And we're also on Twitter, at ScriptSurprise. Send us your questions and comments. Uh, criticisms can be tweeted to, at We'll Try Better Next Time. Oh, that's great. And, uh, just, I have no idea if that's somebody's thing. I was like, I'm going to give you a random tweet. Uh, that's uh, funny. Yeah. And uh, thank you all for